Okay, everybody, welcome back. Another episode on a victory Monday, a brisk mid-40s day in the great state of Missouri, sunny, and a Chiefs victory to go along with it. Chiefs win yesterday 19-9. to No, yes, sorry, 19-9 to over the Dallas Cowboys. For some reason, I had a little bit of a brain fart, thought I didn't say the right score, but that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter because the Chiefs, winners of four in a row, possibly the biggest win of the season so far against maybe the best team we've played all year. Um, you know, I have I have a few things to say about this game. I want to start it off by just saying how proud I am of this defense, dude. Um, I, I, no touchdown scored yesterday. Uh unbelievable job by the defense i mean just completely neutralized the cowboys i liked uh, what the broadcast said yesterday and that's this is how i'm gonna start my uh the podcast here the broadcast was talking about how the cowboys are typically used to lining up and bullying people and running over them and for lack of a better term road grading their uh, opposition um and that just did not happen yesterday and i think it came from the very beginning of the game the Chiefs just came out and said that they were not going to get out physical, and they didn't all day. Now, at one point, did I think the Cowboys played more physical than the Chiefs yesterday? And the Chiefs, known as more of a finesse team, and and there were a lot of a lot of that uh, finesse. There was a lot of that finesse on display yesterday, as we know. But um, when you add in the physicality that this team maybe even hasn't had when they won the Super Bowl. This team is going to be really, really dangerous, and this defense seems like they figured things out. Johnny, um, welcome aboard as always. Uh, just want to get your thoughts real quick on the game yesterday and uh, how positive you feeling today, brother. Hey, what's up, Chandler? I'm feeling awesome, and for the listeners, um, I'm, I'm playing hurt today. I've got about half my voice capacity, and it's from a, a, a great weekend of yelling and cheering on my sports team's and so I, I couldn't wear this with more pride. So uh, the game was awesome. I'm so, like you said, to echo that, I'm just like proud of this team. We've criticized them heavily over this season. I've called them frauds. I've called them soft. I've called them, a, I, I've, I've said that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And here they are shoving it down my throat. Like, thank you. It's a win-win for me when this happens. I'm proud of this team. Five sacks yesterday, no touchdowns allowed to the Cowboys. And it's like they've 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 turned a new leaf. And I don't know if it's just like a perfect marriage of talent addition with Melvin Ingram. I don't know if it's just players figuring out their roles on the team more, Jaron Reed, or overall health. Frank Clark's back healthy, and he had a great strip sack yesterday. I don't care that Tyron Smith was out. It's whoever's in front of you. you got to get by him, and he did. And then what can you say about Chris Jones? Three and a half sacks yesterday officially. I'm, I agree with him. I think it's four. He absolutely wrecked every single thing that the Cowboys wanted to do yesterday. He was living in the backfield, and, of course, he's the guy who seals the game with a deflected pass that led to the Sneed interception. And I think we really – you know, either it was downplayed or we didn't understand the severity of his wrist injury earlier in the year. But I think that was hampering Chris Jones, and it's great to have him fully healthy, fully confident. And Chandler, before I'll let you get back into it, the biggest thing for me overall, like 
you know, the offense we'll talk about needs to be a little bit better and more consistent. The defense looks great. But the biggest thing that you and I have talked about a lot recently is this bullshit body language by the Chiefs. They were having a lot of fun yesterday. They looked like a cohesive unit everywhere. Players dancing on the field, dancing on the sideline, getting after it, dapping each other up. Mahomes, Kelsey, and the other guys are in a, in a jumping, uh, singing huddle with Eric Bieniemy on the sideline. It's really, really good to see going into your bye week. Your team is gelling, playing well together. Because now coming out of the bye week, you have two divisional games at home before a third one on the road. Really exciting stuff in Chiefs Kingdom right now. Yeah, um, and I wanted to allude to Chris Jones. I feel like I could go on a 30-minute rant about how amazing he is. Um, uh, but before I do that, just to note on the Cowboys, I mean, their strength of their offense is that interior offensive line, and Chris Jones absolutely dominated it all Goodness. day. Zeke couldn't get going. Um, Dak had pressure coming at him from all different parts of the defensive line. And I think – I think the biggest thing, really, Johnny, is it's two things. It's the signing of Melvin Ingram, which has put Chris Jones inside. That's the second thing. Chris Jones being on the interior of the defensive line is has single-handedly changed his defense. It, it, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's clear as day. And it, it does, like you said, it helps if Frank Clark's back healthy. But I still think Chris Jones being on the interior, first of all, Jaron Reed – Clearly, his production has elevated because now there's somebody else that's way better than him on the inside of the defensive line that is requiring double teams, and he's still getting beaten. Uh, Jaron Reed right now is owning his matchup, and that's all we need him to do. We need him to just take care of one simple assignment, be gap sound. He doesn't have to make plays, but he's got to be disruptive, and that goes for the rest of the D-line. Because with this Melvin Ingram uh, signing – I have been adamant all year about how important defensive line is to your football team. And not only does that move Chris Jones back inside, it now provides depth at a position of defensive tackle that requires depth. You've got to have depth on the interior. It's one of the most brutal positions on the, on the entire football field to play. And now we're seeing guys like Tashawn Wharton making plays, Jaron Reed making plays. And without Chris Jones inside earlier in the year, these guys are getting double teamed and not to hurt their character, but they're just not that good at playing defensive line to take on double teams week in and week out. Now you're seeing them go against single guys. And Tershawn Warden last year, he played great. And that's because he had Chris Jones inside with him. And now we're seeing that um, over this four-game stretch here. And it's just so clear as day. When, when we're getting pressure on every quarterback we've played, regardless of who's standing behind center for the other team, you can just tell that the secondary is thriving off that. They're taking better chances. They're, they're locking up guys because they have time to do it because the quarterback simply doesn't have time to pick them apart. We've been talking about it all year on this show and several shows that I've listened to about how we're not getting to the quarterback. Our pass rush is horrible. Well, this four-game streak – it's completely flipped the narrative. Our secondary all of a sudden looks ridiculous. Uh, Legereus Snead has come into, I would be surprised if he wasn't the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, quite honestly. He played unbelievable. Charvarius Ward, he looked shaky the, before the four-game winning streak, and now all of a sudden he's playing um, at a high level. Another awesome pick yesterday that kept the Cowboys off the board. 
Um, so this de- like and 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 like you said to allude back to your point, Johnny, this team is playing as a cohesive unit, which we haven't seen really all year until this four game streak, and we're seven and four. I mean, this team, this team is peaking, unbelievable, um, and I hope they can just ride it out throughout throughout the season. Um, one thing I want to mention too, Johnny, is is uh, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. I'm not for sure how they get. I, I I personally feel like we even kind of overlook them sometimes, just how good they've been playing. Willie Gay, you know, I mean, he's he, this is his this is his third season, correct, Johnny? Yep. Or sec or third third season, yeah. I mean, this They're is the time out, he where, was the same year as Clyde. I'm pretty sure. So that 2020, I guess okay. t- second year. Second second year. The second to third year is when guys start to make bit their biggest strides. Willie Gay, a play yesterday that stuck out to me was that third and two little flat, little short route out into the flat um, to Zeke Elliott. And he, ta- he tackles him, doesn't let him get any more yards. Willie Gay is a freak sideline to sideline. And Nick Bolton, see what you will about his athleticism. I know that can be kind of a, 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 a dark spot in his game. But that dude just gives 100% effort. And when you give 100% effort, you can get away with a little lack of athleticism. Our linebackers are peaking at the right time, Johnny. I absolutely love where our defense is at. Really well said. Um, you know, I always talk about the snaps per game. So uh, they're being they're, the Chiefs are able to utilize these guys in situ, situationally and keep them fresh, which I think is great. Um, when it's amazing what your when your front four gets pressure and disrupt things, the domino effect it has on the back end, um, mm-hmm. and on the, vice versa. When on the back end, when you're when you can cover for an extra extra second or two, it gives guys like Chris Jones an extra second or two to get after the quarterback. And we saw yesterday what happens when when, when you get the first read covered. Uh, the snaps yesterday. We'll talk. You talked about Willie Gay. He had 38 snaps, which was 57 percent. And then Nick Bolton, only 19 snaps, which is 28%. But I felt like on all of those snaps, like I noticed those guys were on the field. So they're obviously staying fresh and they're being able to find the right matchups. And we're, we're uh, schematically, we're, we're lined up like we want and we're putting those guys in advantageous situations. Willie Gay is really exciting to watch. And I'm glad that he is apparently, you know, he had some a tweet he put out earlier in the year that he was dealing with some mental health issues. And it looks like he's totally over that. Cause he was one of those guys who was dancing in the big group on the sideline mm-hmm. yesterday and on the field, he is just flying around making plays and has a special type of athleticism that you don't often see at the linebacker position, really like the modern day linebacker is, is Willie Gay. So he's awesome. Nick Bolton had a, you know, like I said, he only had 19 snaps. He, he stood out a lot yesterday and the, the, the Cowboys didn't really get the running game going. They had only 82 yards on the ground, and I didn't even think it would be that much. Nick Bolton had an awesome play where they handed it off, and he came uh, unblocked off of the weak side and yeah. had enough speed to close the guy down for a tackle for loss. And that's this, is guy, this guy is a rookie. So, it, you know, those are the things that you want to build off of. And the longer he's in the league, the better he'll get. Um, just recognizing things and being able to cover uh, in the passing game, which is, I mean, that's obviously the reason that Bolton's not on the field as much is because they don't think they, I don't think they trust him as much in the passing game, but the team's able to play more nickel, more dime and yeah, altogether Chandler. It's, it's super exciting. And I, I think the buy is coming at a great time. 
Um, I, it, the only injuries really that were standing out yesterday was to Rashad Fenton. Um, he's been playing awesome, and uh, we need we we need him back on there. So I hope hope the bye week gets him back, and hopefully he leaves the fake gun on the sideline next time. But uh, yeah, but it, it was it was fun to watch, man. Yeah, I uh, and speaking of Rashad, not that this really matters, but he did tweet after the game. So whatever he was dealing with, um, you have to think that it was probably just you know, like a, a during the game injury, I'm sure he's fine in a week, um, two weeks now because of the bye. But like you said, great time for it. And one last thing I want to say about the defense, we need to give a huge, huge shout out to Steve Spagnolo. Um, yep. I mean, he's completely either he's completely flipped his his mindset on what to do out there or how he's calling games. But one thing I absolutely love him doing is and and if you're going to play him, this is what I think he's really actually good at. We're just blitzing Daniel Sorensen, just sending him. All he can do the that. He's really good at it. Yes, quit putting him in pass cover situations and just let him get back there and muck it up against any quarterback he's playing because he can tackle when he gets back there. Um, that's the other – I mean, we're heating them up from all different, all different directions and, and schemes. And, and it's really good to see. I mean, if you're going to play Sorensen, which I'm fine with, send him on blitzes. He is good at that. Um, so just wanted to give a quick shout-out there. And now, Johnny, we'll flip over to the offense. Oh, Real quick, real quick, yeah. Chan. I think there's – this is a, just a quick point. Um, so you mentioned Sneed. Maybe it, it's just going to be pick your chief who's going to be the AFC de- defensive player of the week. Is it going to be Sneed with his multiple tackles for loss, his interception, pass breakups? Or is it going to be Chris Jones with his like eight pressures and three and a half sacks yesterday? So a, a chief is going to win the AFC defensive player of the week, which is awesome. The second point I wanted to make, Tyron Matthew came up on the injury report yesterday, and he's a guy that we've criticized a lot, one, for bad body language, and two, just overall not playing up to the standard that he talks about so much and that we expect from him. He played every single snap yesterday after popping up with a swollen knee before the game. So testament to him for getting back, getting into the locker room early, sorting his knee out and being ready to go for the big game yesterday. And then the final one, you mentioned the turn of the tide and and, and credit to Spags. You're right about it. It's, it's personnel. I think I, I really do believe this. I think that there is a direct relationship, a correlation between the turning of the tides on the defense and the amount of snaps that Juan Thornhill is playing. The team has totally turned around since Thornhill has been playing over 90% of the snaps. And yesterday he played 94% of the snaps, which translated to 63 out of 67 snaps. When Juan Thornhill's on the field, the team is just doing better. Daniel Sorensen, like you said, does not need to be your single highest safety when you are in that kind of a formation. And when Juan Thornhill is that guy, the team is doing much better. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, these next two matchups, very favorable for the defense. So I look for their confidence to continue to grow and grow and grow. And really the rest of the the rest of the way, the rest of the schedule lines up well for the defense. I mean, we're not playing – necessarily world beating quarterbacks except for Herbert you know on that Thursday night um the rest of them quite frankly I say favor our defense uh, going forward flipping over to the other side of the ball um the offense you know we always talk about starting games fast well they did that um it helps when your defense gets turnovers which they did but um the offense you know it started fast uh Travis Kelsey awesome rushing touchdown Clyde added another one for himself um, Patrick looked okay. I want to ask you a question, Johnny. I want your thoughts on this. Um, 
the offense lulled pretty much from the middle of the second quarter the rest of the game, in my opinion. Um, but it did enough to win the game. You know, got Harrison Butker um, in range. You know, did what they needed to do to win the game. But we do need to give a little credit, I think, to the Cowboys defense. You know, they bowed up. They really kept the Cowboys in the game. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a sure um, uh, win up until, you know, closer to the end of the fourth quarter. Um, how much of it do you think is the offense stalling? And how much of it do you think of the Cowboys defense stepped up? And, and we knew I, I, I have been impressed with the Cowboys defense. You know, the Dak Prescott era, they've always had a good offense and their defense is what's held them back. Um, yesterday, that narrative flipped. I thought the defense played well. They, they presented challenges for our offense. Um, and I think it was good for our offense to kind of go through some growing pains and still win a game against a really good team, Johnny. Yeah, I think it's a good mixture of both. Uh, definitely credit to the Cowboys defense. I think that they were without both Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Um, Micah Parsons is freaking amazing. The motor that guy has to chase down a ball carrier um, was awesome. I feel like, because I feel like Patrick, when it comes to these defensive ends, when he's scrambling, usually has just enough to get away from them when he's running and to get to the edge, not on Parsons. Parsons tracked his ass down and had a strip sack and multiple other sacks as well. So credit to him. I think on the Chiefs side, though, I was a little disappointed with Patrick. Um, that shaped up to be a game where I was hoping we would run the ball more. Clyde averaged 5.3 yards per carry, and I think we should have ran the ball more. The problem is is that it's a, we run those RPOs. So if Patrick – they might have all the intention to run the ball, but Patrick can pull it and then throw. And there were a few times yesterday I thought that was a bad decision. One that stands out in particular is when he threw it over to the sideline to yeah. Pringle – when if you if you I know it's from the couch, but like if you would have just handed it off, I mean goodness, there was room to run there, and then we ran so effectively on on the first drive. Um, I think I would have liked to see, you know, Patrick had 37 pass attempts yesterday, and, we, and Clyde only had 12 rushes. Daryl had five, and then Tyreek had the one long one, so he didn't even run the ball 20 times. I would have liked to see you run the ball more yesterday, especially with the way that your defense was playing. and And Patrick knows that. Patrick will learn from it, and ultimately, it didn't matter because because the Chiefs won. And one other thing too, I mean, goodness, the Chiefs were driving, and then they had that third down when Mahomes throws it a little bit behind Kelsey on the slant, and I mean, come on, Kelsey catches that ball in his sleep. He now leads the team in drops. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I, there's still a little bit uh, left on the table there, a little more to be desired from Patrick and Travis, but I'm confident they'll get that back. And uh, yeah, you know, just, just, just run the ball a little bit more there. And I think we would have been fine. Yeah. I'm not for sure why we abandoned the run. I agree completely. Um, we did abandon it. I, I would have liked to have seen at least 10 more carries from Clyde, quite honestly, but yeah. Um, it just seems like, like you said, like Patrick will learn from that, you know, moving forward. I think that'll be good. You know, you never want to think that you have everything figured out. So probably a good thing for Patrick to be a little criticized here um, going into what we have coming up because these, I mean, I, I don't know any other, I'm sure that there's another team in the league that's going to play three divisional games in a row, but I mean, that's, I know it's Denver and Las Vegas coming up, but those are still going to be tough games. Those teams want to beat the Chiefs bad. Um, and so let's keep improving. We need to continue to run the ball, I agree. But um, 
I, I absolutely love us trying to force the ball to Tyreek. I mean, that yep. dude in space is – he was a problem for the Cowboys yesterday. Um, great to see him back, uh, you know, doing Tyreek things. Alluding to Travis Kelsey, um, there were some good things between him and Patrick yesterday, don't get me wrong, but it just seemed they were in sync, and then all of a sudden they were out of sync on a couple um, – a couple little out routes uh, stand out to me. And, yeah, I'm not really for sure why Travis is is dropping the ball. I mean, that ball, the one that they had the interception on, yes, it was a little behind him. But like you said, Travis has got to catch that football. Um, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't know. You know, he could just could have had just a bad game yesterday. But he really didn't. That's the thing. There was still several times where he was wide open and Pat got him the ball beautifully. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should put too much stock into that, but I like, I like you bringing that up. Um, one thing that's a little bit of a concern to me is, and, and I know he's a rookie people, so take this with a grain of salt, but Trey Smith, um, for as good as he's been playing, he has a bit of a holding problem. Now the one, I believe he absolutely flattened, uh, uh, What's his name? The linebacker, uh, Kazi or something like that. Or, I think it was or, Keanu Neal. Wasn't Keanu, Keanu Neal. Neal. Yes, Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal. Thank you. Um, there was a screen pass, and he absolutely drove him into the ground. And by definition, I guess you can kind of say that's a holding. But, you know, an offensive lineman in space finishing a block like that, um, you kind of live with that. Uh, in my opinion, I think you kind of just say, hey, you know, keep your hands inside. But if you're going to get an offensive lineman to finish like that, we'll take that nine times out of ten. But the holding and then the personal foul that completely negated a Chiefs – it moved us all the way back inside of our own 20. Um, you just can't do that. And I hope that doesn't continue down the road. I don't think it will. But like we have said, we got to be fair, Johnny penalties have hurt us so far this season and that's another example right there yeah i guess i'll air some of my grievances too and i i agree with you yeah he, he's a rookie and he'll learn from that and it, trey smith is going to be fine but yeah that really sucks i believe it put us at like second and 29 or something yeah. like that and then the drive was over even for the chiefs um tyreek you mentioned him the chiefs have got to just go through him until until travis and patrick get it figured out which i think they will but I saw this on Twitter. Tyreek's at 87 catches. He's done or 84 catches. He's done that twice. Um, and his career high is 87. So he's already here and we're going into week 12. He is only four catches shy of a career high. And the t so the team knows they have to go through Tyreek. And so I hope they keep doing that. I love how they featured him early, moved him around a bunch, got him the ball in an end around and he take, took it, took it for uh, like 33 yards. So Good for him there. Um, I get. Yeah, let me air a grievance too. Um, my God, McCole Hardman sucks. Okay, that's that's as low as I'm going to get on the show because there's other positive things. But McCole Hardman is so bad, and um, the team knows that now too, uh, because he only played 12 snaps and he only ran eight routes yesterday. So McCole Hardman is on the out. Thank God. I mean, you know, he comes over the middle early in the game and he just like alligator arms a pass. That would have gone for a first down. He's incredibly frustrating to watch, and I'm just it's just good that the team is moving on, which just raises the problem that, I mean, the team's best option other than uh, receiving, other than Travis and Tyreek, is so clearly Byron Pringle, 
And that's a bit scary for me because I think Pringle, I mean, he's almost 30 years old. He's an undrafted guy. He lacks some top-end playmaking that you'd like to see. And so hopefully, um, you know, hopefully he can step up as we go forward because teams are going to keep trying to take away Travis and Tyreek, and you're going to need somebody like that to step up. All in all, Chandler, though, I mean, it was it was really exciting. I'm I'm, I'm pumped. You know, it kind of sucks that we have the bye week. It's good and bad because, you know, you get healthy and you have two games coming up at home. It's bad because I, have, I had a lot of fun watching this team yesterday. Um, so positive things going forward, and uh, let's build off of this momentum. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. I actually think I, we both said it already, but I want to say it again. I think this bye comes at a great time. Um, get ready for this one last push. But, um, yeah, the Chiefs, the second – or I guess the third option is, is a glaring weakness. I'm not for sure – I'm not for sure what is wrong with McColl. I'm I, I am on your side. I think he is bad, but when he gets the ball in his hands, he can be dynamic. It just seems that he just doesn't. Uh, he's one of the. I, I don't think he's putting his body quite on on the line quite as much as he needs to. Um, that one over the middle you alluded to. I think he was just quite honestly afraid to get hit, and he just can't. When you come over the middle like that, you just got to expect things like that. And with his speed, he can get away from guys. He just has to get the ball in his hands. And, and he's just not, he's not, uh, he's not doing that right now, quite honestly. And, um, you know, I don't know what to make of Byron because no, he shouldn't be our third option, but he sure does seem to be productive when he gets the ball in his hand. He seems to make a big catch. Almost every game, he had one yesterday against Dallas. I think it was on like the left sideline, pretty far down the field. Um, but I mean, where's Josh Gordon? You know, where where is he at? He has like nine targets and one catch on the year. Um, not that I was expecting, you know, ungodly numbers from him because, you know, we do need to get cut him a little slack. I mean, you can't just pick up football this guy was sitting at home maybe training every day but he wasn't he's not ready to play football I mean he's been out for however many years with the suspension so you know I'm not necessarily saying he should have 10 catches a game but you need to be a little bit more productive if we're going to put him out there I'm curious do you have his numbers on how many snaps he had because you seem to be out there a lot Johnny yeah I can find him for you real quick and um it, I agree with you it you do have to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. It does take a while to get up to football speed, but come on. I mean, like he's just not separating and like, it's no. not like Diggs was on him the whole time either. So I just think, you know, I mean, he's 30 years old. There's a reason he, ha and he hasn't had a thousand yard season since 2013. Um, what, what to expect from Josh Gordon, at least from me. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to like tout myself here, but from the beginning, I didn't have high expectations for Josh Gordon. I think I believe I said like if he's on the roster by the end of the season, that's just a win because of his past with drugs. So it, it, there's probably going to be down the stretch a big moment. And let's just hope that he comes down with the big catch, you know, like maybe something in the red zone or something like that, a, a big touchdown, a big block or, or, or whatever it is. I think there will be a big moment for Josh Gordon, who played 43% of the snaps yesterday, which translated to 29 of 68 snaps. I mean, he's on the field for nearly 50% of the snaps. He had one catch for seven yards yesterday on two targets, and it just felt like um, 
He, he's just not the primary thought. It, 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 he's not. And the, the team is on every play going to look at Travis and Tyreek, and then they're going to figure it out after that. So maybe there'll be a big moment for Josh Gordon moving forward. But, um, yeah, I, I, just, I haven't seen the top end yet. Right. And, people, I don't want you to think that we're being negative here because it's a positive day. It's a victory Monday. And this Chiefs team, Johnny, four in a row, um, they are looking good right now. Um, and, and I'll finish with this, really. I mean, your defense plays like this. Your offense is going to score points. So what, what I'm looking for is the defense to continue to take those steps in the right direction, which they have been doing. And, and just keep building on this performance because it was, I mean, it was an all NFL performance, quite honestly, yesterday from our defense. Um, and that's really what's led us to this four game winning streak. Um, Johnny, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, I, you know, I hope that um, this team enjoys their Thanksgiving because they deserve it. Johnny, you got any Thanksgiving plans, buddy? What are your Thanksgiving plans, Johnny? Going to spend some time with the family in Kansas City. They're all the ones who haven't met my new, my son, who's mm-hmm. about three weeks old, they're all going to get to meet him, and it's going to be awesome. But you know where I'm going to be, Chandler. My ass is going to be parked on the couch all day watching three football games, and it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. What about you? Yeah, uh, I'm headed back to the land of Springfield uh, tomorrow yeah. morning. It'll be good to be back in the home city. Um, going to have Thanksgiving with me and my family at my parents' house. Um, so it should be good. Like I, like you said, be watching football. Um, selfishly, I wish the Chiefs were playing just so we can watch a game, but um, there'll be plenty more. And uh, Johnny, Denver next, correct? Play Denver yeah, at so, home uh, yeah, in real, Arrowhead? Real, yeah, Chandler, real quick, we'll just say like they, they, they have the bye then they play Denver at home, and then they play the Raiders at home, and then they go to the Chargers on a short week on Thursday night football. So the Chiefs have three straight division games, two of which are at home, and you've got two weeks to prepare your the best defense in football over the last four weeks. You've got two weeks to prepare for Teddy Bridgewater. Come on, guys. Let's go. Yep. Let's get after it. And uh, I love that positivity ending the show. A little figure-it-out matinee if you will. Very rarely do we uh, record in the afternoon. Um, I just worked with mine and Johnny's schedule today to get you guys the podcast um, on this beautiful Victory Monday afternoon. And for the Figure It Out podcast, that's the Chiefs' full recap of their victory. 19-9 to Chiefs win over the Dallas Cowboys. Up next, the Denver Donkeys. We will see what they have in store for us in two Sundays. So, Johnny, enjoy your Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks, buddy. All right, Chandler, thanks. See you.